Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Now, if you haven't listened to part one of this two-part series, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to part one, where we talked about why business acquisition is a killer growth strategy. We looked at alternative approaches to achieving growth, and we talked about the reasons why acquisitions create such an incredible opportunity. We also reflected on many factors that need to be considered in assessing the suitability of acquisition as a growth strategy for your organisation, and we looked at funding considerations, and also a whole heap of examples of where this has been really successfully applied. But in today, as our second part of, and last part, of course, of our two-part series, we start off by drilling into the importance of understanding a broader scope of the market when dealing with acquisitions. We talk about how buyers can clearly understand what funding requirements they're going to need to make, not just for the acquisition, but also for working capital in the business moving forward. And finally, in this episode, we share with you the best actionable tips and takeaways to perfect the strategy of acquisition. So buckle in, here we go again with our discussion with Simon Bedard of Exit Advisory and Nick Wormald of Grow Capital. Well, and we've talked a bit about the um, medical and allied health space, but but what other industries do you think are ripe at the moment for for this? I, and I, I've just got to throw in there one thing that I've seen recently work amazingly well is gym businesses. I've seen a lot of small businesses now branching out and purchasing multiple gym businesses and taking that taking advantage of the um, economies of scale taking advantage of being able to get a more experienced and expensive management team because they're across a number of businesses now just not just one business take advantage of shared marketing costs and insights I mean there's just so many elements and and you know um, some of the guys we've been working with this has just been a license to print money you know like a it's a really, it's really clever if you can work out how to make acquisitions work in this way. So, what other industries are you guys seeing? I'm seeing quite a lot, actually. Um, I, I've seen anything from, you know, furniture. I've seen engineering companies. I, I guess I'm what, what I'm kind of curious about is is what I think is the the smarter sort of approach to acquisitions, right? We talked about a couple of different categories out there, but if I'm a business owner, and I am, but if I'm looking to go out there and, and acquire to grow, I guess what I'm trying to understand is what does my market look like? You know, what is, what's my vertical industry chain look like, upstream, downstream? What do my competitors look like? What do those complementary businesses look like? And I kind of want to understand a broader scope of the market because at the end of the day, whichever way you go, there is an opportunity cost, right? Mm. If I buy company A, I, it's highly unlikely I'm going to be in a position to buy company B for any time, any time in the near future, right? You're, you're, a, you'll probably be tapped out on your finance. B, you're going through an integration process. C, you'll be doing a whole kind of reality check, I guess, on this new business, right? So, And that just takes time. So for me, I think it's more about saying, looking at that market and going, well, which of these opportunities actually represents the best opportunity for growth? And that might be in top line revenue, but it might actually be in margin. It might give you growth in different areas. It might give you a different product suite 
that enables you to leverage into a different space. You know, and I think a lot of this needs to come from the business owners because they know their sector best, right? Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it's it's about understanding that in your market and then trying to pick your targets. Yeah. So I guess the first thing we're saying is acquisition is a killer growth strategy maybe that businesses haven't considered before. But now you've got it in your mind that you understand there's some opportunity don't just rush headlong into it because we're not saying acquiring anything is a good idea. We're saying, you know, and and there's a lot of statistics around, right, that say that I've seen many figures bandied about, but somewhere between 75 to 90% in any, you know, sort of report I might read talks about the failure rate of acquisitions. And, of course, in talking about that statistic, it assumes that you understand the difference between a successful acquisition and a failed acquisition as well and so I think this is point number two like so get that acquisition can be a killer growth strategy but it in and of itself isn't uh, you know the you've got to then make sure your strategy is clear to make sure and make sure your approach is clear to ensure that you're actually doing something that benefits your business because Boy, can acquisitions take a lot of mental time and space as well, right? Yeah, yeah. The last thing you want is acquisition for acquisition's sake, yeah. right? So, so I think like anything in any project you might undertake in your business, any kind of strategy you might implement is, well, what is the purpose? What are we trying to achieve? And so in an acquisition, it is, what are we actually wanting to acquire here? And Joe, that, that probably feeds back into a lot of discussions you have around, well, are you selling the company or are you selling the asset uh, yeah. involved and what do you expect from the previous owners and yeah, all this yeah. stuff? Like what are you buying and why are you buying that? You can't fundamentally point to something really solid that underpins your core business. Mm. You should probably think about a different deal. Well, yeah, and you're absolutely right because that to- one of the things that we talk about with our clients is the importance of understanding what is the real asset in terms of what you're purchasing because it's not just good enough to go and say, you know, I'm buying a business, I'm buying a share. So you have to understand what the value is that you want to get out of that to ensure that that value transfers to the buyer because there's so many instances of deals um, that we've seen from afar where people just haven't asked this question and they haven't been able to make the most of the benefit, the value that they thought was in the business because they've never articulated it and they've never worked out how that will actually come across. Absolutely agree. And, and a good question. I, I'm, I'm interested in Nick's perspective on this one, but I, one of the things I always see is, especially for people who haven't acquired businesses before, they, they can underestimate the amount of working capital and things like that that you need in the business. Mm. You know, they're looking at the purchase price. Um, let's put aside for a moment if there's actual stock in the business, even, you know, because that adds additional complexity and working capital requirements. But Let's say you're buying a, a, just a, a consulting business. People can underestimate how much working capital they need going forward to be able to f- continue funding that additional growth. And, and some of it might come from, from cutting a little bit of cost, but how do you continue to fund this trajectory? And, and Nick, I guess I, I'd be interested to know, I mean, do you get clients going through this process and, and, and how do they, do, do, do they generally miss this point? Do they end up coming back to you needing more or? Yeah, look, it's a good it's a good point. Going back to my example of the manufacturer, so he wasn't purchasing EBIT or prof net profit. He was purchasing staff, equipment, and contracts. Yeah. yeah. So it was a it was a way of him. He he can now produce these frames for other framing um, manufacturers. He's he's got a staff that that he can he can spread around his factory and improve the 
the um, efficiency of the way his, 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 um, his business is run. But it's uh, going back to your point, there's a, a lot of business owners that we see looking to purchase are doing so just to basically to put the net profit on their bottom line. So they, want to, they just want to take that, that what they see as a profit and loss statement and, and, and in, increase the, the amount of profit that they've got in their business. And it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a blinkered approach. They get yeah. they go into that head first, and it's nine times out of ten they pull out and and don't go ahead because they haven't they haven't looked at the I guess the opposite of the synergies the things that aren't synergistic. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, it's about total cost of ownership, right? Yeah, you're not just buying an asset; you're buying the costs that come with that asset. Yeah. You need to know how to grow that and manage it, and but- how to clearly understand what funding requirements you're going to need to make the most out of this baby. Because quite often, what happens is buyers come in with a whole heap of energy for what they want to do with this new entity, but they need that needs funding. And the worst possible point, Nick, I'm guessing, you know, at going to organise this funding is when you need it. <laughs> That's what we all say, isn't it? <laughs> so, here's, so here's another example with the cash flow, exactly that. So a company that buys another company that's a lot bigger than they are and their, their costs go from 300000 a month to $3 million a month, right? So they've all of a sudden, if they could stop gap that cash flow gap, 300000 a month with their own personal funds. Once it's three million a month, that's a lot more money moving through the business. If they've got any delays in in their clients paying invoices or any any sort of deterioration of their supplier terms, and that cash flow back gap gets bigger and bigger, and that's a big chunk of money. So generally, we put cash flow facilities in place for our clients just to buffer that. If that cash flow gap increases, it'll tip you over. It'll be insolvent. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that's another really important point as well. When when you're adding on another organisation, you've got this whole integration, you know, issue to deal with. But one of the things that can be created is this magnifier of the issues that are already in your business um, if you haven't fixed them up. Certainly, we see that from a legal perspective and the importance of really fortifying your business before you're going in to try and add something else into it. Um, and, you know, absolutely, I think you're spot on from the funding perspective as well. So, I mean, are there any, you know, any sort of areas that you've seen this creep up at and, and how do you deal with your clients in terms of making sure they're sort of thinking this through from an integration perspective? Yeah, well, I think certainly from our perspective, because naturally we, we do represent a lot of clients in these kind of processes, but it, um, for us, it's really about understanding their why up front. Yeah. You know, why you're doing this. And, and I actually, you know, you've got your business and, but I, I sort of like to go even further back and say, well, what's your personal reason for all this, right? You know, and I think all of us, anybody who's been in business for themselves, I think all of us have suffered from this. We're passionate. We love what we do. We want to grow. We're running around. We're moving fast. Keep up people, you know, and, and it's just that <laughs> sheer excitement, right? And and I think we're, I've certainly, you know, experienced it myself. And it's been a fly on the wall in my office, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily lead to the most logical thought processes, right? It's <laughs> excitement. But you know, I think for me, I, I just I'm always asking the question of look, okay, you want to grow. I get that, but why do you want to grow? What what's important to you? Where are you going with this? You know, they say think when things grow without a purpose, that's like actually called cancer as well, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's a really bad thing. And I've seen examples where people have gone from lovely businesses turning over four or five million, they've grown it up to 10, 12, you know, and 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 more. Um, only to realise that they were making roughly the same money, but now they've got all these staff yes. and they were no yes. longer doing 
work they enjoyed and literally scaled it back down again to have a lifestyle business that they love. And it took all of that journey and all of that heartache and pain and effort and risk, frankly, for them to realise what they wanted in the first place. Mm. So I think you can sort of shortcut that a little bit by just do a bit of soul-searching, talk to your family, talk to people who love you and care about you and don't mind telling you, you know, that you're off the wall and, you know, um, <laughs> you've got that perspective because it's much cheaper to take that on the chin and hear it up front and then make decisions than it is to go through all that. I oh, know, but that wouldn't, that doesn't make for an entrepreneur though, does it, Simon, really? Boring <laughs> podcast material, too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, guys, this has been fabulous. You know, I, I think we should do a, you know, run around now. Are there any passing thoughts, leaving tips to leave our audience with? And and I think here we should talk about the fact that we think this is so important for business that we've put together um, a webinar that will be opening up to all of you, our listeners. And if you are listening to this in the future and you've missed the webinar, don't worry, we'll find a way to deliver it to you as well. If you're interested to find out about how to nail the strategy of acquisition, then check out our podcast notes and we'll, the show notes here and also over on our website at www.thedealroompodcast.com where we'll have a link straight through to where you can register for this webinar. So, all right, guys, what's your leaving thoughts and tips for our um, listeners out there? Simon? All right, look, I've got two little things for you. One, acquisitions, it's not just for the big boys. You know, yeah. the, you stole the, my thunder. Stop uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll let you continue. Off you go, Simon. <laughs> Acquisitions for small companies can be an enormously powerful way to grow your business. Enormously powerful. Um, and yet, and the second point I'd make to it is just understand the process of it because it can feel like a full time job. So yeah. if you're going to try to do it all yourself. Uh, and that's fine if you feel you have the competence and confidence and time and all those things, but it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And, and frankly, when you're in the middle of a deal and it's your money on the line and things like that, it can get a bit emotional for you. Yeah. And so uh, if you're not confident you can navigate that on your own, get some help. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love it, Simon. Albeit there, yeah, I think you uh, you were listening to my thought process there. You you stole <laughs> my exact ideas. I'm so Great with you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what about you? What's your yeah. passing thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, Simon, you've nailed it. That's it. So <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing that I see that, that that breaks deals, people buying businesses. There's one single thing that I see, and is that that's when they're organizing the finance after they found the business. It's the same as buying a house. You don't go and find the house and then go and look for the money. You find the money first. And then you go and buy the business. Do you know what? That's such a good point because I've seen, um, in fact, we just, we had a deal last week that fell over because for that exact reason, there are a couple of others as well, but that was one of the primary reasons, which can be heartbreaking for, for buyers because it gets really emotional. And, you know, it can, as Simon said, absolutely. And, you know, people listening to this might scoff at that idea, but it can be a big, big thought process involve a lot of time and energy but you get I see prospective buyers out there getting really attached to the deal before a they've got their ducks in a line from funding 
B, they've got their ducks in a line from proper due diligence and understanding what the risks are in a business that they're about to acquire that if not properly understood can tear their whole business down. So it's about making sure your ducks in a line and, and as Simon so expertly said, like understanding why the hell you're doing it in the first place, right? You know, understand your strategy, understand what success even looks like. So I think, you you know, it's all of those things combined that mean that it's preparation looking into a deal that is, um, you know, is the fundamental element of working out whether or not you get to success at the end and you get to this killer growth strategy or whether you're just creating a killer pain in the neck for yourself, right? <laughs> Oh, guys, this has been fabulous. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to a webinar with both of you. This is um, this is going to be exciting stuff. And on the webinar, you know, we'll be providing a lot of information about how if you're looking at acquisition as a growth strategy, how you can turn that into a success, but also how you can understand strategy and make it work for you rather than against you. So um, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Brilliant. Okay, we'll see you there. And you, the listener, hopefully we'll see you there too. And as I said, have no fear. If you miss out on the live performance, you may not get to pick our brains and ask questions, but you'll certainly get to hear what we talked about and what everyone else asked on the webinar. Fabulous. Okay, wonderful, guys. Absolutely loved it. I'm sure we'll be back with both of you again soon. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Well, that's it for our last part of our two-part series all about why business acquisition is a killer growth strategy. I hope you found the content useful and informative. And if you'd like more information about this topic or if you'd like to find out how you can get involved in the webinar that we will be hosting in just a few weeks' time, then head to your show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com. Now, at that website, you'll You'll also be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd like to read it in more detail. And you'll also, of course, be able to find out how to make direct contact with Simon Bedard of Exit Advisory or Nick Wormald of Grow Capital. At that website, you'll also be able to find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. Of course, we've got a number of great services that help business businesses prepare for an acquisition or for an exit, depending on what phase of the uh, business life cycle they're in. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. So don't hesitate to book an appointment with our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you'd like to find out how we might be able to assist. Well, that's it for today. Just wanted to say a very big thank you once again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Many SMEs spent years or even decades trudging the path of the slow slog of organic growth without understanding the powerful opportunities available from a merger or acquisition that can deliver years of growth in a single signature. At Aspect Legal, we have joined forces with Simon Bedard, the founder and CEO of Exit Advisory, and Nick Wormel, the managing director of Grow Capital, to provide an insight into the secret source of why acquisitions can be such a killer 
stellar growth move. Now, in this webinar all about nailing the strategy of growth through acquisition, we break down the considerations needed to plan your high growth strategy around an acquisition. So if you think acquisition might be a really useful growth strategy for your organization, then simply head to the show notes for this episode of the podcast, and you will see a link straight through to the registration page for this event, Nailing the Strategy of Growth Through Acquisition. And fear not, if you have missed the live webinar, don't worry, we'll also have a link through to you to be able to register to get access to a recording of the webinar. So once again, you can find that link in the show notes to this podcast or over on our website, www.thedealroompodcast.com and look for this podcast episode under the title of Why Acquisition is a Killer Growth Strategy. And you'll find this episode and a link straight through to either the live webinar that you can register for or the webinar recording if, um, as I said, you missed the live event. We really hope to be able to see you at the webinar. Ladies and gentlemen. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au.